1: Good morning, good people, welcome to A to Z Sports Live, we are streaming live on YouTube and of course I am your host, Will Skywalker Still, boom! What's happening people, we're picking up our hindsight series, you see it talking about the edge rusher position it's a tricky one y'all it's a tricky one it's very sneaky in the sense of the results in the sense of the potential need we'll cover all of that but we're going to review it from top to bottom all the way from a rookie to the all pro stay tuned for that in a roundup jerry spoke but this time he spoke about the dc search and why he's not worried about the unknown in regards to grabbing one of these guys and and if you really listen it's still problematic but it is what it is good morning cowboys nation how we doing man bomb squad i should say you know I, i hey kelvin hicks i almost i almost started this thing off with some wrestling talk after monday night raw yesterday but I need to get the podcast because I really got, I got some things I want to say about what's happening out here in these streets. But if Adam Cole comes back, Adam Cole, baby. Oh, look, come on, man. That's my guy. I'm kind of mad he left, but I'm a WWE guy. I'm not an AEW guy, but I respect, I respect the business in general, but I, I'd love for Adam Cole to come back, man. But, uh, well, that's that again, that is a wrestling podcast talk at some point in this busy life of mine, If I get it there, I, I got you. But, going to be tough, man. I know Brother L. And it. <laughs> it's going to be tough. But we got Cowboys talk today. And uh, like I said, this edge position is really tricky because we came into the season, at least I did. I'm not going to speak for y'all. I came into the season high expectations, not just individually, but from a, a entire unit standpoint. And I think they were not met, honestly. And we'll, we'll break it all down. I'm going to tell you why I think this position, again, is a very sneaky one moving forward uh as we continue to break this down yeah, everybody mad at the rock man it's, it's crazy it's ridiculous and the fact that they mad at him I hope he come back and he's Hollywood rock but again wrestling Pod. um let's hit this roundup talk to this Cowboys oh y'all can call into the show again uh three 3787 easy show today I don't I don't foresee this thing being complicated y'all know how we do with the hindsight series we're gonna break it all down here we go
3: it's time. It's time. It's
4: time. It's...
1: Ooh, that's
4: a, oh.
3: hey, yo, that's a crazy it's name.
4: It's time. It is time for.
1: It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys.
5: Let me talk to you.
1: Hey, nah. Hey, Vance. From Vance Refrigeration. That's a crazy podcast name, bro. The Steel Cage Podcast with Will Still. A hey, dog. Listen. I might have to give you, like, some royalties for that name if I roll with that. Just saying. Like I said, Jerry spoke at the FIFA World Cup thing. I don't know what's going on down there with that. I know they lost out on the, the, the actual World Cup finals, you know. And see, that's the thing about this team and about the stadium. And And, and I get it, man. He's a billionaire. He's got to make his bread. But this ain't about football. Bro. really about it for real for real but they asked him about some of the football things and if he was worried about a potential coach wanting to be a coordinator here because of the quote unquote lame duck season and this is what Jerry had to say he said quote I don't anticipate that being an issue at all if they take the job they will be coordinator for the Cowboys they would be looking at the right uh, they were looking. Be lo- they would be looking at that right there, and all that goes with it. If they're aspiring, they know there's a chance to be a head coach someplace because that one that just left is boy. He's, I mean, he's not lying and that the star. I get it, but he think that he think this star is like godsend or something, man. You know, let's just be honest here. If you are good at your job with any of these teams in the National Football League nowadays you're you're going to be up for a head coaching gig the most obscure coaches are getting interviews like let's go back a couple seasons Mike McDaniels was a run game coordinator he wasn't even a he wasn't even a offensive coordinator run game coordinator turn head coach because they had success so Jerry it's not about the logo Nah, man, maybe for a player because, you know, you can do endorsements and all that stuff. But even then, I seen a guy in Cleveland get, get a hell of endorsements and their team was trash. But as a coach, I, I don't I don't think it's about the logo anymore. I man. I don't know if it ever was, but it's definitely not about the logo. It's about the success that you have with said organization. So you can spew that to these reporters all you want. Um we're, we're in this situation right now because we kind of sat in our hands instead of making a move making growing some kahunas or, or how you say y'all, kahones growing some cojones, and saying we're going to get rid of this coach or that coach so we can get in front of this search, you sat on your hands and said, hey, you know what go out here and trick for them go ahead DQ go do your thing, brother We'll sit here. We'll wait for you. We'll be right back here for you, man. Next thing you know, three weeks go by. Every other head coaching job is filled. Every other defensive coordinator job is filled. And now you're left. Of course you're left with guys that will say, oh, I don't care about lame duck. I'm not worried about that. Give give me that job. This is the one job left of 32 in the world. Yeah, I'll take that job, Jerry. Don't you know I I I I don't get it. I, I I know I can't be in these rooms cuz I I push back on stuff and they they kick me right on out You know how they did Killer Mike the other day Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's Skywalker asking those damn questions again Get him up out of here He also was asked about Dan Quinn getting a head coaching job, and he said, I felt ultimately two years ago that Dan wanted a head coaching job. You felt that two years ago. It? Um, so it doesn't surprise me that he's landed a head coaching job. I couldn't look at a crystal ball and see what direction that might go That might go back then. I mean, He'd be talking to him. But it doesn't surprise me, the fact that he's got head coaching credentials and been to a Super Bowl. Yeah, Jerry, we, you know. We knew that too. Now I'm not going to crush him for, for this, but I'm just thinking ahead, right? Like like when he interviewed for a head coaching job two years ago. In my in my head, right, I'm kind of preparing for that. Maybe we groom a guy, you know, or or maybe we keep our eyes and ears plugged on what's going around the league. You know, I I, I don't know whose job it is to keep tabs on these coaches. I do know during the regular season. Y'all keep tabs on the league because you stole some things. Y'all know me. Sheisty. I'm stealing. I'm stealing coaches. I'm stealing plays. I'm stealing plans. I'm stealing how organizations operate. If somehow, some way I I got put in that position, which I would never be put in that position. And and we did succeed. I would straight up come to that podium and say, hey, don't give me the credit. Give all these other organizations that's doing it the right way the credit because I stole from them. It is what it is. What they say? If it ain't cheating, he ain't trying. So Somebody in the, in the comments a couple weeks ago when I said, I got, look, I, if the Cowboys won six Super Bowls or whatever it was and a, and, and a couple of them was controversial, I don't care. And you wouldn't either. Somebody said, I've lost all respect for this man. I want them the right way. See, the, y'all phony. Just say that. You know, sometimes I come out, hey, I'm phony, I'm biased. I keep it a be. I'm not going to fake the phone. I don't care how it gets done. It needs to be done. So if I need to steal a coach or steal a play or a plan or how an organization operates, I'm doing it. Not here. We got to do it our way. I digress, man. Uh, No matter who the coach is, though, they're going to have to come in here and possibly revamp. Po- I say possibly, depending on what they do with a certain player, depending on a couple other players may not be here when it's all said and done at the position. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I mean, <laughs> just saying. But let's get into this hindsight real quick, y'all. Let's talk about This edge position. Um, Just a quick precursor to the season, right? Like, coming into the season, I felt very strong about this position, right? Because last year, the Cowboys finished in the top 10 in sacks. In fact, they were number three. A hell of pressures. They got a lot of pressures this year, too. Uh, But a lot of pressures, lots of forced fumbles, and it was truly one of the I think, more feared position groups across the league and you pair it with, you know, how McCarthy was dialing it up. And I, so I felt very good about the position moving forward in 2023. Even though last year we were talking about, hey, this might be the last year you have this this group given, you know, free agency and whatnot. And then, you know, as the season went on, we kind of, if you didn't really pay attention to it, you, you kind of noticed it it did not replicate the success that it had last year as a unit. Mm-mm. But nonetheless, I'm actually going to flip it today because I think this pass rush unit, the edge rushers, the tone, the pass rush tone is set by their all-pro Michael Parsons, who was one of the few in the in the history of the game to go three straight years to start their career as an all-pro. But I think the big question, we could talk about the accolades, the, the, the success during the season. And all that stuff, but we know what the big question is going to be. <laughs> and it's what we talked about for like two years on this channel. Whoever this next defensive coordinator is, they're going to have to figure out where they want to play him and build around that accordingly. I think that last part's really the most important part. Where you play him is a big part, but building around that accordingly is huge. Because, you know, we talked about the linebacker position, right? At nauseum. Playing him back there at backer. If it's going to be backer, then you need to add more rushers. If it's going to be rusher, well, you need to add backers. But once again, if we're keeping it a beam, even if he's still going to be as an edge, you're going to need to add more edge rushers. Mm-hmm. Because you could potentially be losing two of these guys to free agency. You got an unknown guy in Junior Fajardo, who we'll get to, an aging guy in D Law, a wild card in Sam. If you lose the other two to free agency, you're still going to need to add rushers, and not just because of that. Say you run the whole damn unit back. Let's just say, let's just talk about the unit as it is, as it is, as it was, I should say, in 2023. They finished outside the top 10 in sacks this year after being third in 2022. They had one guy, one pass rusher with 50 or more pressures after having three last year. They only had two with six or more sacks, and we'll get to the guy that had the other, you know, six-plus sack season. And when you reference that across across the league, you look at other teams, right? This year that was successful, rushing the passer and sacking the quarterback. Baltimore had three guys with 50-plus pressures. KC had three guys with eight or more sacks. Miami had four guys with six or more. Indy had two in double digits and three with eight or more. The Jets, you know, I thought we were rivaling the the Jets' front seven. Their front seven was, was as a collective unit better. They had three guys with 50 or more pressures. And one of the things that is often brought up when surrounding Micah and in 2022, it was 100% a thing. He even admitted to it is him getting worn down in the second half. 100% got it worn down the second half of 2022. No doubt about it. Hence why he bulked up, right? To deal with more of being a primarily a primary rusher, defense and in the league, as opposed to being 50-50 like in his rookie year for, for the most part. And you could argue it worked. He had more sacks in the second half of the season and more pressures than he did in 2022 in the second half of the season. And when you go look at his peers, because that's the other thing, right? We, we, we often focus on our guys, and I get it. Well, nobody's really looking at everybody else's team. I I found this interesting because we we often hear, oh man, he's worn down, he's worn down. I didn't necessarily see that this season. So I said, well, what what about what's going on around the league? Like who? How do these other guys do in the second half of the year, which is technically now not the last nine games? Miles Garrett had five sacks and forty-seven pressures in the last nine games. Bosa, 10 sacks, 51 pressures. This is all per PFF, by the way. Uh, TJ Watt, 10 sacks, 47 pressures. Max Crosby, 5 sacks and 41 pressures. I don't think anyone would say these guys wore down. Hell, Miles Garrett's probably going to win defensive player of the year. Is he the front runner? Who is it? Is it is it Miles? Is it TJ? I, I don't know. Micah had 8 sacks, 54 pressures. He led you know, this is the group he gets lumped into right? These are the top, these are elite, elite guys at the position. He led them in 50, with 54 pressures and was second in sacks of these 5 guys. Mind you, there's a handful of blowouts mixed in between that where obviously a lot of these guys are not going to play. Those 8 sacks in those last nine games or more than Armstrong and D-Law combined in that same time period. And that's what I mean by no matter what you do with him. I feel like you're going to have to add to this room. Too often. He's your only guy. With constant, constant, constant pressure. That can't that just that can't be. I think moving forward, I think you're going to have to address that, and we'll talk more about it with y'all. We'll talk more about it as we move forward, and that's with all due respect to this guy, DeMarcus Lawrence. I think DeMarcus Lawrence is one of the best glue guys in the league, man. I do. I think every team needs a D law. He's a throwback defensive end. Plays with a nasty demeanor. Uh, 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 a a a. A hot motor. Your veteran in the locker room. His calling card is being a menace in the ground game. He was second in the NFL in stop percentage at the position. And we saw how clutch he was, you know, the last two seasons at, at the position. He came up big, a lot. But here's the thing. He's not the sack guy he once was. Pressure rate. That was better in 2023 than 2022. But he's not the sack guy, right? He once was. He's not... He's not the elite pressure guy that he once was, but he still he still can do the job well. But I don't expect him to be either, uh, moving forward. I don't expect that to to just bounce back to twenty, who was it fourteen or whatever it was for D. Law. I think he'll still be a menace on the ground. I still think he'll, you know, pressure the quarterback. He'll be able to slide inside if they want him to do that. But I am interested to see what the new defensive coordinator does with him. Because he does a great job creating sacks. And that could be another reason why his sack numbers aren't as high. We, we'll see. Because we talk about Mike Zimmer. You know, we've seen Mike Zimmer do some good things with a similar type of player um, in Everson Griffin. You know, a traditional left defensive end type. Uh, up there later in the career, he still was able to do some good things under Zim. And I do wonder... With this new defensive coordinator, potentially new defensive coordinator, do they cut it out with the stunts, the self-stunts? If you guys aren't aware, we, we talked about this, what was it, during the bye week? And I don't know if this kind of went under the under the, the rug here, but it was either Aiden Durday. I think it was Aiden Durday. He came out and he told us, which, which didn't surprise me when you look at the film, but when he told me, I'm like, ah, now it makes sense. He told us that these guys, this room here, they have the ability to on the fly run stunts. And for three years, and I used to look at these stunts and I'm like, what? why is one guy running a stunt and the other guy's not? And I couldn't figure that out because with a stunt it's usually, I mean, I could be wrong here, but I'll talk to some people if I need to. It's usually a called stunt. And we talked about this during the lead up to the to the Green Bay Packers game. I said, "Hey, if you watch the Green Bay Packers pass rush, they they really they really don't get home as much on their own. You got Rashawn Gary, uh, Preston Smith. I, I, I try look. He's not a, a pass rush savant, but where when they stunt, they all in unison. It, it looks like a card stunt, and I truly believe they don't have the same." ability as the Cowboys players to just willy-nilly run a stunt Whoever this new DC is I hope we bring back more of traditional called plays and some fundamentals and, and whatnot as opposed to what Dan Quinn was doing because I don't think you need to have these guys up there like hey we just gonna call our own stunts now ha- did it work I mean sure it probably worked from time to time but there was also times where it's like man there's this gaping hole now because d- there's no 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 stunt man coming around or. In- instead of just firing up field, the tackle stunning, but the end didn't. So now there's this easy pocket for the quarterback to step up or the end stunning and the tackle didn't. So now you can just move to left. Stop that. Give me a coordinator who was way more sound with these guys. You can say, well, Sky, you know, that means they have trust in them up front. That's fine. But at, at some point, you know, a- a- as a coach, you, you've, you've got to have the ultimate say. You call the play and you get up to the line and, and, and two of the guys are like, yeah, we stunt. And the other guy's not. Next thing you know, huge hole. Y'all can't, see, don't do that. I look over, I see the breaking news alarm thing and I'm like, oh, we got breaking news and talking about moving Emmanuel Forbes to the linebacker. Come on, man, you almost got me. But y'all feel me though, Cowboys Nation, Bomb Squad, I, I, I'm i not a fan. I'm not a fan of, of individual players calling stunts up front. Now, I'm not even a fan if they go back to the huddle and say, hey, so-and-so is playing me this way, let's run a stunt. I'd rather you go to the coach and say, hey, coach, the left tackle is playing me this way, the center is doing this, how about on the next third down, we can yada, 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 and then as the game is going, they'll call that up. But I, I'm not for just every time they go out there. We just it, it's up to them if they want to run the stun or not. That kind of bugged me a little bit. But I will say when they did so, D Law was a guy who did it well. Right? He, he he helped he helped a lot of guys get open per se for sacks, get open for tackles for loss. He finished the season with 50 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, and 32 stops. He played a lot less snaps this year. And, and you can probably say that for a, a handful of these guys due to, and when I say these guys, I mean the whole entire team due to the blowouts. He's a veteran. He, you know, when it's, when it's a blowout, you're not going to keep D law out there. And one thing's I, one thing I do give him a lot of credit for is, you know, D law is going to be available for you. There was a point in time where we were worried about D laws availability. And, If you go back and look at his history, obviously the first two of his first three years, a lot of injuries. But after that, he's played at least 16 games every season except one. And that was the season he broke his foot in 2021 and still came back and played well for you. So he's he's a glue guy to me, man. Uh, Probably the best motor, your best run defender, sets the edge very well. He's going to help these young guys, whoever, if you get any more young guys up in here. I'm a fan of D-Law returning. And if you're truly like in an all-in situation, I'd even argue if you wanted to open up more money, you can restructure his contract to open up more money to go spend. Because if he really all-in, man, this is the year. I don't give a damn about 2024, five cap, 26. All that will be taken care of when we get there. If you want to pour it all in, pour it all in right now. So I thought it was fitting to start with your two staples of the position because after this it gets murky and we'll get to that here in a second. Uh let's let's talk to James. I don't get a chance to talk to James uh too much because he, you know, he out there driving the truck. You gotta make sure he's safe. What's good, James?
4: <laughs> good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good, my good brother. How are you? I can't complain, man. Um you know I'm I'm listening to you. I've been listening to you since uh that Green Bay debacle. And uh, this is really my first chance I've had to vent, um, and I'm not gonna vent long. It was just, it was a sad game. You know, this this is this is my synopsis of the whole thing, right? Jerry talks about going all in, right? Yeah. My my definition of going all in, and if he was to do this, this is when I would know that he is serious. If Jerry steps down as GM. Steven steps down as president of player personnel. Thanks. They hire a GM, a GM that, and allow them to run the team. Until they do that, man, I am not falling for it anymore. I really had my hopes up this season for something to happen. At least the uh, the NFC Championship game. But after this debacle, and I'm not going to blame the play on Jerry and Steven.
1: No, they're not playing.
4: Right, right. But what I will blame on Jerry and Steven is the moves or the lack of moves that they made during the season that could have helped the team progress. The meddling of players – that they decide they want to play or they decide that they do not want to play. This is where you need a competent GM to run the team. And Jerry, since Jimmy Johnson, you have not been a competent GM and it is time for you to step down. So that is my definition of going all in until they do that. I'm I'm always gonna be a Cowboys fan till I die. I've been a Cowboys fan since '75. They can't take that away from me. I was here before yeah. Jerry was. There we go. But yeah, but 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 un- until I see that, the only way that they're gonna win a Super Bowl or either get to the Super Bowl, is if they have to succeed despite of. I've I've heard you say that yep. before
1: so many times, James. And,
4: and yeah, I mean plenty. You know. And until they do that, or until the players do that, we're gonna be 12 and 5, 1 and done, divisional um, playoff game done. You know, it's gonna be the same cycle over and over again. Yeah. But I'm I'm glad you allowed me to get that off my chest. You the first one that I've called to, and I listen to all of y'all. Man, you and Vosh had me cracking up on yesterday, man. <laughs> Man, no, no. Actually, it was this morning on my way back from North Carolina. Yeah, that was Man, a good one. y'all had me cracking <laughs> up, man. <laughs> I love yeah. that show, man. Thank but Sky, you, man. We appreciate I appreciate that. it. I appreciate it. And um, man, you know I'm plugged in, baby.
1: Yes, sir. My guy, James. Right, man, you, you be safe out on the road.
4: All right, man. Appreciate you.
1: Yes, sir. Good call, man. And and that's one thing I do have to realize is that not. See, I, I have to, I'm here, right? Right right after it's, it's done, the game, and, and we're moving, right? we move, we move, moving. We have our emotional week, and, and that kind of is going to carry throughout these next few weeks and few months. But not everybody's doing it. Not everybody even wants to watch sports or, or listen to the show or whatever. So they're going to mourn how they need to mourn. And I understand that not everybody has spoken, has called into the show and, and got it off their chest. But well put, you know, if they want to make, the all-in move you're right i mean the all-in move is a step down that's 100 a fact uh i happened to listen to sidebar was it brad is it brad holmes y'all the general manager in detroit he he brought smoke yesterday at his little press conference and, and was coming at the media and whatnot um That you just listen to Brad Holmes. That sounds like a guy who knows my job is on the line if I don't get it done. So when I do get it done, oh, y'all going to hear about it because y'all was talking shit. (laughs) Shouts out to Brad Holmes, who put together a, a fantastic uh Detroit Lions team. His drafts have been great. His free agency signings have been great. Trades, all that stuff, man. and that's because what? He's got a, he's a general manager that knows I I I gotta get on this. I can't be I can't just I don't have the luxury to say, you know what? I can't be aggressive. We'll we'll just kind of go along with the flow, status quo, because I'm never gonna get fired. That's not the case. And but but you know y'all know this the dude's never gonna completely step down. He was at the senior bowl. With his, with his, you know, binoculars and acting like was he out here watching. And if he is watching film, oh, please save us. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, again, I ask, how many owners are at the Senior Bowl spilling their guts on the season? Like, when I say the season, I mean the off season. How many? I don't recall many. So, I feel you, brother. Um, and, and, that, and that's honestly how I actually have been operating for many years is that, you know, I discuss this team and move move about with this team, trying to figure out solutions in spite of them. And that's just how it's always going to be. One more, 832, what's up? Man, what's
0: up, Sky? Good morning, good morning. Man, good man, cool man, man. I, I know we as Cowboys fan, man, like it's easy to say, get rid of Jerry. But we have to really realistically look at this organization. It's going to be run by Jones from here until kingdom come. They're already setting the grandsons up to run the team. Steven, uh, Steven Jones' kid is a,
1: uh, well, a third-string quarterback just Jerry. at Arkansas. St- Steven is a part of this, too, now. Jones is – let's just do that. Jones is both, plural. Yeah, the Jones is both because yeah. even the other kid's son is the athletic director at Texas – at University of
0: Texas. He's the one who scouted uh, Overshawn, who's who's telling uh, Jerry about Overshawn. So it's like we're gonna have a Jones run this team until the end of time. So only thing we can hope for is like you've been preaching is that we find a coach who can come in and can circumvent that.
1: What what's your name, bro? Oh, uh, this is Dro. Oh, this is Dro come on come on, dro. You ain't let me know this is Dro. Let me put you up in here, dro. Um, so look, check this out. I'm not even opposed to a Jones running this thing, right? Because I feel like somebody like Charlotte, Charlotte will step back. Charlotte ain't trying to run day-to-day operations of football. So you know what Charlotte going to do? She going to say, okay, look, let's just play a game, right? Let's just pretend for some odd reason we're living in this fantasy la-la land that Jerry and Steven no longer are running this team, and it's Charlotte. Charlotte likely is going to say, okay, Will, here's your shot. We're going to give you three to five years, whatever the contract is for these GMs. If it don't work out, I'll get me another general manager in here to figure this thing out because Charlotte's not attached to, to the football stuff. So she's going to hire somebody to be attached. So I'm not opposed to a Jones as long as a Jones says, here, here, general manager, here, head coach, put together, put me together a, a championship organization while I go handle the real owner stuff, right? So if that's Charlotte, if that's Steven, yeah. Steven Jr., cool by me. Just get me somebody here that's going to do that.
0: Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, it's almost like they're not real human beings. Like, they're not above self. They're not above a reproach, right? They're not able to look themselves. At least Stephen and Jerry aren't able to look themselves in the mirror. And be like, you know what? Even though I'm brilliant at these nine other things, this one thing right here, I'm not brilliant at. Right. So let's bring in somebody with some outside perspective to evaluate this, and hopefully we can get better. Mm-hmm. We're not good at second round draft picks. Trade them. Get rid of them. We really haven't hired a coach since Jimmy hey, maybe we need to bring in an outside source that can bring in some new ideas and fresh perspectives on uh our uh, coaching search.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree, man.
0: Man, I, one last. Man, one last. Yeah, go ahead. I have one question, uh, Scott.
1: Why Leslie Frazier wasn't considered for the D.C. position, man? I Brother, I, he fits the criteria technically too, right? They're looking for a former head coach, tenured defensive coordinator. He, he fits the criteria. Um, maybe Leslie looked at this thing and didn't want to be it. I think, didn't he go to Seattle and and he's like a consultant or something like that now? Maybe he was just like, of all the jobs left, Dallas wasn't, wasn't one he wanted to come to. I'm not sure, man. I think more will come out, but Leslie Frazier was definitely at the top, one of the guys at the top of my list, uh, because you know, he's a tenured dude. I think he can come in here and operate with the talent that he has. But, uh, now I think he's in Seattle, right, y'all? I think he's in Seattle now, not as a defense coordinator, but as like an assistant.
0: Hey, man, uh, just want to say I love the show, man. And one last Thank thing, you. man. Hey, while well, we're talking about the draft, man, look out for Maris Meofile, linebacker from Notre Dame. I'm a huge Notre Dame fan. And, man, don't y'all sleep on my boy Audric Estimator, running back, man. The dude, if you ever seen him, man, dude yoked. Man, dude look like Luke Cage, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and he could be an uh, uh, every down, Notre- three down back, goal line, tough yard. Isn't that the Notre Dame kid?
1: Yeah, Audrick Estimate. Big yeah. small Brother. Yeah, yeah. Good names. Those are good names right there. What's that? Those are good names right there, Joe.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. Hell yeah, man. Y'all love football, man. Love the Cowboys Nation, man. Just appreciate the show, man. Keep giving us his content, man, because I'm telling you. A week without you and Vox. It's like being in Cowboys Desert, man. And, and I mean no offense to any other content creator, man, but like a week without you and Vox, man. That's like the I I find myself watching old Super
1: Bowls over again, man. <laughs> that's 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 heavy right there, brother. The chat you too. Easy, Appreciate you, Joe. Hey, what's up, man? Hello, say say it again. I muted you. Say it again.
0: Man, what's up, Boch man? Lukavachi the enforcer, man. That's Luca Bocci, the Enforcer, man. Anytime you need that O line
1: content, you need that real shit, man. Hit up Luca Bocci, the Facts. Enforcer, man. Facts. One of the goats at this whole thing, man. Appreciate you, Joe. It, it, look, we got we got the draft guru up in here. Leah Fow. did we talk about? Or was that me and Foots that talked about it? Not sure. But he had a Man, a banger of a game, man. It was at the East West Shrine, Professor O. That's Professor O's guy, too. I haven't made it all the way through um, the running back, Drove talked about. I haven't even really touched that group. Only a handful of players kind of talked about a few weeks ago. Not talked about, but I looked at a few weeks ago. But um, I'm going to get there. I promise y'all I'm going to get there. We got to get through this house cleaning first. But I know who's already there. My guy watching Brian brought us on Fridays. They every Friday they're breaking down a different unit, and I get it. There's a draft show, fantastic by the way. Shouts out to Two i who was on the draft show. Got to press the button, and, and all the wonderful panelists on the draft show. But I feel like those are the two places you should be going at this moment. Foots is also including that. Um, in, in regards to breaking down these guys, Tuck is also breaking down guys like crazy. So, you know, I'd recommend that at the moment. Um, and then once we get into the nitty gritty of this thing you'll start seeing the uh mock drafts coming out you start seeing top fives of each position me and foot is going to continue that process right now he's uh probably traveling back from handling some family business but we'll we'll have him back on talking more draft but we're just getting through the house cleaning right now the cowboys all right let's get back to the house cleaning (laughs) talking about these edge rushers Dorrance Armstrong. He's, he's constantly a very interesting case with this team, man. Because the last few years, he, he's been second on the team in total sacks, right? Everybody loves sacks. And he's been a guy that he's been available. He's doesn't really say much. He's, he's playing inside, outside, moving him around. All these guys are pretty much moved around. Things that shouldn't be overlooked, though. However, I bet you, if you ask any non Cowboys fan, and hell, some Cowboy fans too, because you know, there's some Fugazi ones out there, who's second on the team in sacks? A lot of people would not say Dorrance Armstrong. And it's not because he's bad or anything like that, but he can be a little bit of a forgettable player. Let's just be real. Like, DA. You can forget all about D.A. until, oh, snap, he got a sack. Look, it's not like he out there forcing a bunch of fumbles. He only got three of those in his six-year career. He's not getting a ton of tackle for losses. He only had seven last year. We ain't pressuring the hell out the quarterback. He he was fifth of the top five guys. There's only five really rushers. Junior Fayetteville don't count. He was fifth on the team in true pass set win percentage. So, like, you're like, damn, he finished... Second on the team, he did. And yeah, it can be unforgettable a little bit. But that doesn't mean he didn't have some value, right? He was a really good special teams player for you. Second on the team in sacks. And if I had to keep it a bean, I think he's had a very successful career as a fourth-round pick in 2018. 100%. Jerry loves him, too, by the way. So it would not surprise me if they... Look to bring him back. I would not rule it out if he's going to be cheap. And if you go look at the free agent market, there's a lot of pass rushers out there that might get some big money. Now, I I don't know if it's going to be, ain't going to be no Von Miller money, out there, but there's going to be a lot of pass rushers out there. That's going to get some money and he could be an attractive mid-level buy for some team. Now, if some team puts on the tape, they're going to be like, yeah, he's not going to be a tier one guy for me. I'm not paying him tier one money. But for some team that's looking for it to add kind of maybe a 6 man to their to their rotation or something like that, I could see DA taking that bag unless the Cowboys give it to him. Now, I don't know DA personally. I don't maybe he had, maybe he's got some sentimental ties to Dallas and he'll take a discount and I, I I don't recommend any players doing that, but to stay in Dallas. But it won't shock me if Jerry made the pitch to do so. But for me personally, and this is going to go for you know this entire room. I, I'm looking to continue to try to upgrade. I was going to save this for the end, but I'll say it right now. If there was a position to put put some bread into, defensive end is a sneaky one. I'm not saying you got to pay Von Miller or I like that, but it's a very sneaky position to put some bread into because there's too many times where if it ain't eleven. Really, ain't much of anybody. I'm just, come on now. Come on now. I mean, we talked about the second halves of the season, right? And how, you know, Micah had the 54 pressures and Nate sacks. That's more than D-Law and Armstrong combined, man. Those are your top two guys after Micah. That's one man. So, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the position, I'm looking to get a guy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm looking to get, I'm looking to get a guy. I'm not looking to get another Dorrance Armstrong. Don't, don't, I'm not saying DA is, this can't be some, for somebody. And there is somebody for everybody. There's somebody for everybody. But if the Cowboys are obviously Micah and D Law they're gonna be back. But if, if Micah and D Law are gonna be your ends, I, I'm gonna need another mother. You know what I mean? Because D Law, I don't think he's gonna recapture sack artist D-Law. And look that he took the pay cut, whatever. He he's he's more, more elite run guy, pressure guy, not sack artist. DA's not an elite run guy. DA's not an elite sack guy. He's a valuable special teams guy. Valuable six man. No no doubt about it. But he ain't a mother. So I'm looking for a mother. You know what I mean? Another team might not be looking for that. They they might have two, three, four mother. And they say, hey, DA will be a fine guy in our rotation. So I think it's fair to say he's had a fantastic career. Fourth round pick. Second contract. Uh, was it 18 sacks or whatever it is over the last time mean, look, look you, that's nothing to scoff at for a guy of his ilk but when you really break it all down D.A. ain't a mother come on man. it takes me to Dante Fowler who I believe is one of, it, for real for real one of the more underrated six mans on this team D.A.'s the guy he's technically the real six man the apo of Micah and, and DeMarcus but Fowler, eighth season in the league. I think he's revived his career under Dan Quinn. He saw his snaps decrease this year. And again, I wonder if that had to do with a lot of the blowouts. He's a veteran guy. I ain't going to throw him out there. But his sack rate and his stops were on par with last year. And he had a higher pressure percentage. So he was still a productive guy given the snap the snaps that he had. Um, he was third on the team in pass rush win percentage behind Micah and D-Law. PFF has this statistic they came up with called PRP. It's a formula that combines sacks, hits, and hurries relative to how many times they rushed the passer. Micah was number one in the league. You know who was top five, tied for fifth? Dante Fowler. Yeah. Fowler's biggest issues this year, though, was the penalties. That mother go offsides. (laughs) Dante will go offsides. That was his problem. But he rectified the situation. They asked him about it because if you go look at the last six games, he had zero penalties. And somebody asked him in in the locker room, like, hey, what's been the difference between the turnaround? Because between week one and 13, he got five penalties and like almost all of them was offsides. He said, I just started to take a full yard or full step back. That way I'm not leaning in offsides. And that's kind of been a problem with Dallas in general with, with our edge. We've way too many offsides. Way too many. But I'm a fan of Fowler as a pass rusher. I think, I think Fowler is a low key, a mother as a pass rusher. I do. I think he's a better pass rusher than D.A. I said that two years ago when they brought him in here. You could argue he's not as versatile, and that's fair if you want to say that, where D.A. can move up and down the line but Fowler can move he's different versatile he can put his hand in the dirt or stand up type of situation that's his versatility superpower however I don't think I don't think Fowler is going to be back I I feel like he's going to follow Dan Quinn Um, he followed him here to Dallas he followed him to Atlanta it would not shock me if he follows him to Washington because Washington they ain't got no pass rushers (laughs) They ain't got no pass rushers. They got new management. They got basketball dudes in there running the organization. And I don't think it'd be difficult for Fowler to actually get a mini bag. I'm not saying he going to get, you know, crazy bag, but it I could easily see Dan Quinn going into the to the ownership and saying, hey, I'll trust this guy. This is one guy I trust. I scouted him at Florida. I, I, I signed him to a big contract in Atlanta. I brought him to Dallas, revived his career. We ain't got no pass rushers. His agent goes in there and says, Y'all ain't got no pass rushers. I've got, you know, they'll throw all the numbers. This is what they do when they go in there. Here, here's my guy. Bing, 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 bing. No offense to the new ownership. Babe. The only thing that might save, though, is they got that assistant general manager from, from San Fran. So that is a football guy. He might be like, Look, I know what you're trying to do here, but I'm not paying Fowler the bag. You can bring him, but I'm not paying Fowler the bag. And I think he'll follow Dan. Mm. When we did our 16 free agents, He was a guy I wanted back. I really, truly did want to bring Dante Fowler back. But I don't think he's going to be back here. I think he's going to follow Dan Quinn. That takes us to our final two guys. Sam Williams. Oh, Sam. Sam, 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 man. Sam, a.k.a. Slam Williams. Second year out of Ole Miss. Still bit of a mystery not not his talent we, we we know he's talented he has all the measurables and the talent to be a force in this league uh he got a bit of a screw loose up there and i don't mind that on the field we all want those crazed dogs on the field the problem is sometimes that screw off the field comes into play. Sometimes that screw on the field comes into play with these penalties. Sam has seven of them things. And over half of them was on special teams. And some of them were killer. I mean, in the playoff game, you had them pinned back inside, what, the five? And, and, and you get the 15-yarder. Now they out there to 20, 20-plus. 20 Bill's game, you, you had a block punt. I don't know how you missed that. Turn that into a penalty. They going to and score. T- like, it's like every time Sam got a penalty on special teams, it just completely erased the fact that he got a block point in like week six. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Sam, if you're going to get a penalty, you got to make up for it with a spectacular play. You go look at his production. You know, he he played a little bit more snaps this year, but he kind of had almost an identical season it, across the board not not really not not many more sacks tackles tackles for loss stops everything was very similar the one actually the one statistic that was cut in half that that you can argue man maybe that's a bit of a concern or or noticeable was his tackles for loss he did drop that in half he had 10 his rookie season right playing barely any of the damn snaps that went all the way down to five so That's what I meant by, look, if you're going to go out there getting all these penalties, you're going to be a knucklehead off the field. You're going to be out here promoting parties the day before a playoff game. Victory parties. And we ain't even took a snap. Then damn it, you better be doing something on the field. That's all I'm saying. If I had to guess, I don't think he has the trust of the coaches. If you go look at the back half of the season, bro, he only played 20 or more snaps twice. And in both of those games, there were blowouts. It was Washington and the Giants. And then in the playoff game, Sam saw eight snaps. Like, there is is a disconnect. Sorry. There's a disconnect. There's something going on with Sam and the trust of that staff this is a staff that drafted him this is this is a staff that want this is Dan Quinn went to Ole Miss worked him out fell in love with Sam barely playing free me right that was the thing he said on on Twitter free me well why 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 are they not freeing you you got the talent what's the deal here I, I don't got the answer, Sway. All I can tell you is what we see on Sam. And, and that's a guy that doesn't play that much. And then when he does get out there, there's a lot of penalties. So maybe year three with some more maturity, uh, potentially a different scheme, a, a, a different coach, we can hone in on Sam's skills because he is, he's skilled. He has the he's talented, man. But I say this to y'all a lot of times. And I always bungle the damn quote. But there's something along the lines where like talent sets the floor, character sets the ceiling. I believe that, man. We all know people from where we from that's immensely talented, but ain't got it up here or don't got the work ethic or don't have the character to want to be great. Every single last one of us know people like that. And I'm not saying I don't know Sam personally, but there there's something right. I think it's fair to say there's some maturity issues. We we know he's been arrested a few times with the damn cars and whatnot. Uh, the coaches clearly don't trust him. So for Sam's sake, I do hope that you know as in year three, we get a more mature Sam Williams on and off the field, and I think that will elevate. Who he is as a player, but hey, wouldn't be shocked either if a new defense coordinator here say, hey, "Let's get him out of here. We're good here." Which, if you if you wanted to throw that into the ring, you could say, "Well, D. A. and, and Dante Fowler both unrestricted free agents. I think Dante is more likely to go. D. A. more likely to stay." But what if they both go? And what if you get a guy in here that says, Sam, I'm, yeah, I'm good, man. That's why this is a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky need in this room. And then there's Junior Fehoko, who didn't play at all, y'all. I mean, 2023, fourth-round pick. So it's not like, yo, hey, fourth-round pick, whatever. Nah, fourth-round pick. I need my fourth-round pick to do something. He didn't play at all. They, he was inactive to start the season, and they placed him on IR. Y'all know what they hit him with. They hit Junior with the... Hey, Junior, your, your ankle hurt, right? Nah, Coach, I'm, I'm great. He was. I'm fine. Ah, your ankle hurt. Oh, yeah, my ankle hurt. IR. Boom. Boom. Sent that man to the shadow realm of injured reserve. him with the wink wink. Then they activated him and uh he didn't sing a single snap. Now, when he was drafted, it was Coach Floyd who had an interview during draft day and immediately he was like, hey, look, the, the plan right now is we're going to work him in as a defensive end, but year two, we want to we kind of move him in as a three tech. I'm going to balk him up, put some weight on him, put him at three tech. Well, put him on IR. I I wonder how much, if if that started this year. But I asked somebody down there, I said, hey, where's Junior been, you know, where's he been practicing at? Primarily been practicing at defensive end. And he'd get some some reps, very minimal, uh, at defensive tackle, but the dude barely could even practice, let alone play. Because when you're on IR, you can't practice until you get that whole activation 21-day window. So we'll see what they do with Junior. This is a guy who came into San Jose State, uh, light, put on the weight to play defensive end, and now he's light to play defensive tackle. He's more of a left defensive end. I I see him more as a left defensive end. I would just keep him at left defensive end. But if they decide to pack on some weight, he's going to have to get on the opposite of the Mazi plan. They're going to have to put him on a plan where he, you know, he's eating a lot. You know, he's a guy that's 265, 267. So you want to get him up to upwards of 290 if you're going to put him at defensive tackle, right? Minimum. Minimum 290. You like to see your guys around three. Uh, but Osa's different. Osa is just a compact, just a swole. And we'll get the defensive tackle. And you know, he's not, he's like 285 or so. But if he can get up there, we're upwards of 280, 285, and maybe you'll see what's up. If not, I I, I like Junior as left defensive end. But he's a he's a big old question mark, big old question mark. Um, We'll see what they do with him. I imagine he's going to be coming into rookie minicamp with the rest of the guys. And that'll tell us where they are working him. And again, just like a lot of these dudes, it will depend what the new defensive coordinator wants to do. That also is the issue, right? When you change philosophies and coordinators, maybe this new D.C. doesn't view. Hoko as a defensive tackle, or defense and whichever they decide to do. Maybe they don't view Sam as a guy they can trust. Maybe they don't view Micah as an edge and view him as a linebacker. Maybe they don't view him as a linebacker. They view him as a, these things matter. So whoever this new DC is, when they're doing these interviews, I do think it's fair to say, hey, you know, I'm not telling you to give me, you know, the the 100% rundown of what you're going to do, but I would like to know your thoughts on the room because for two years three years whatever it's been we've been a pretty respectable pass rush team and sometimes an elite one but we saw that fall off like i said when you go back to the top of the show this was a team that started you know or 2022 was a top 10 number three in sacks this year a lot if you go look a lot of the hey big pressure team facts you know they were a big pressure team but but the sacks did decrease a lot you know, they went down to outside of top 10. And you go look at some of these other teams that had multiple guys with six, seven, eight sacks or, or more. And Dallas had one or two. I'm sorry, two guys. And one guy with 50 or more pressures. So I do think it's a sneaky rumor the Cowboys may have to address, um, whether that be draft, free agency. Again, if we if we're truly all in. I'd recommend going out into free agency. The Cowboys are likely going to be bargain shopping, but I would whatever they consider bargain shopping, I'd up that a little bit. I'm I don't think they're they're going to sign anybody to any major contract, but if they're going to be all in, they're going to have to take that to one notch up. And there's some there's there's some guys out there that I, you know one of my favorites out there, as, as a potential mother as a, as a sixth man is Bryce Huff. I think Bryce Huff would be fantastic, but we'll get in. We'll get into, um, our free agent primer. I got you. Jump back to the phone lines, man. Let's talk to our guy. V I P. What's good. VIP. Sky is VIP. What up, baby? What's happening? What's
3: good with you. Look, man, Look, I, I, I've been digesting everything that you've been talking about, and I like, I love some flour. But, but what you said earlier is, look, uh, I, I just wanna, I need to upgrade the whole whole room outside of D-Law oh, and the Lions. Other than fifty-four, I mean, because you know Sam is, you know, he's still in our group. I think Sam hasn't been coached up right. I, I mean, is it me? But how do you let a guy that runs a four-four and only time you're utilizing him is on a goddamn punt? Bro, like we could do better. Is that is that the discipline of the 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 coaching, or is that a combination
1: of his discipline, guy? What 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 is it? I don't. I I think I think it may be a combination of both of both. But I just talked about it with Sam. I, I think there's a disconnect between him and the coach. I don't think they trust him.
4: Right. Right.
3: And that's why he shot that fire out earlier. Right. Before the season, like yo. For me, y'all I mean, not even utilizing me. Free me. Mm-hmm. And that's the only time they utilized them was on special teams. So I think you're right. It was a disconnect. It was a trust issue. I, and this is why I was kind of – I was pushing back on the Bill Belichick and him making a big splash on defense. I need somebody that's going to hold these players accountable, the lion included. I, I, need, I, need yeah. a, I need a coach, a defensive coach, that if you walk to the sideline and you get an offside – He's getting in your ass. There ain't no, he's not He's not giving you the Jarrett, he's clapping you up. Nah, bro, I'm getting in your ass and you sitting down.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Zimmer. It, 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 it just, we don't have that. <laughs> Mike Zimmer. We, we don't even have a, a, a player to hold these dudes accountable. Other than D-Law, we don't really have no, and D-Law even, he's not even that dude that's going to get in somebody's face. And pull that Troy Aikman like y'all playing like
1: shit. That ain't you know their mean? responsibility though. And I always the, the, the Troy Aitman clip right. The, so the Troy Aitman clip is very interesting because that, that year we weren't good. People forget. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah. We were a bad team. So yeah. so he's doing that because guess what? He even says it in the clip. We're the damn coaches. I, he's, right. he's, I right. shouldn't have to be the one doing this shit. Where are the coaches? Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. I, I agree. You know, we, we don't – we didn't the guy who runs the defense, who's supposed to be everybody love, he's in the booth. The, the, he's in the booth. And that's
3: why I kind of – that's why I kind of – I mean, I don't know if Bill is going to take a step down to do that, but I want somebody that – even that dude from Tennessee, big homie. I, I need somebody when you come to the sideline, you it's going to start some fear in you. I'm not going to smile at you. I'm going to get in your ass so you're going to know I'm going to hold you accountable for every play. Yeah, man. And, yeah.
1: And, some of these and, players and, need and, that. Some of these players want that. They 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 need and want to be coached. Now, some you know yeah. some of them in this new this new generation of players, some of them don't. They they don't they they don't relate to that. Right, that doesn't get to them, and that's that's where your people skills have to come in. You got to know how to, to to maneuver. But I think this team could use a, a kicking ass. I do. Respectfully, yes. And that's what we need. So all that
3: all that fluffy, all that, you know, let's play nice. And, and, and respectfully, I'm going to say something about Big Mike, our coach. Big Mike didn't give up 40, 40 points on defense. So so we can say what we want about Big Mike. So, so, I mean, we could bash him, make him his analytics and all that. He did not give up 40 points on defense.
1: I mean, bro, both uh, b- both sides were trash. Absolutely garbage. Yeah, yeah, no, um, absolutely, and, and, absolutely. And Mike is getting I just think- as much smoke as the defense to me.
3: Yep, cause his game plan and his, hit, my whole thing is, I and we need a coach that knows how to counter punch. Our offense, our defensive coordinators don't know how to counter punch. If they get hit, it's just like they just stagnant and they stay in their way. There's no counter punches. No, okay, I needed this. Let me let me run something different. And, and, and I don't want and, and the defense. We're playing prevent ten yards off the ball, and it's a third and two. Like I, I just the concepts don't it, it just don't lie to me, bro. It, I, I don't know, man. I try not to get too caught up in it, but I I definitely want a DQ that's going to hold people accountable. I need a defensive end. I don't want no goddamn hybrid. I don't want no more hybrid. I don't want nobody that's just specialized in rushing the quarterback. I need somebody. Obviously, we have a problem with the run, do we not? Yeah, yeah, man. So, so yeah. give me a D end. That's gonna play the run as well as he plays. I need a DN in the mimic in the image of of D Law, but it's it's gonna give me like nine sacks because the sacks that D Armstrong got that he got ninety percent of the sacks was, was created by the lion. Hmm. Look, go back and look at it. Most of his sacks was created by the lion, so those are sacks by default, and he doesn't play the run. So to me, that's a double edge. Like, nah, bro, I know you you Jerry's boy, but nah, yeah, B- this levels. Those levels to stop
1: in the run. It's not just about one defensive end. It's not gonna happen. Because even if you have two D laws, you're still gonna have issues if you don't prioritize it from a foundation standpoint. I don't think we prioritized it. We talked about it, right? Mike McCarthy talked about, okay. hey, you gotta you gotta you know earn the right to rush the passer, but what did we do about it? We, we really didn't do much about it because you brought in these these small linebackers, you brought back L V E. You don't have a scheme that prioritizes stopping the run. You got a scheme that lets these players have the uh, have the ability to call their own plays at, at the line of scrimmage in the sense of stunts, we didn't have a, a, a solid base. So you could have threw in 2D Laws, and we still would have had issues stopping the run because they didn't have a solid a solid foundation. So that's why I think this new defensive coordinator needs to come in here and have a solid foundation. And, and I think everything will, will play out well because you have players. And if that D coordinator has a solid foundation, guess what? We're going to have real linebackers. We're going to have a real run scheme. We're not going to play this Fugazi, you know, Hey, safety, the linebacker, you do this, you do that. We ain't going to be doing none of that stuff, man, all this cute stuff. They're going to have a foundation, and they're going to build off of that.
3: And that, see, right right what you touched on, like I realized, I did not realize that, but it explains, it opened my eyes to why we got fucking bats in the middle of our defense, because we got one player running a stunt, the next player running something else, no, nah, this is where the discipline comes in because why we got those gaps in the six and in the seven? Because these dudes running stunts to rush the rest of quarterback, but you're not running stunts to stop the run. So I just I need that same energy, bro. That's that's all I'm saying, man. And you know I'm riding with you. I know, Sky. This is this off season is is really it it, it, it tests my it this really tests me right here because I got to sit here and listen to the slurpees. And listen to what they what like everybody wants to be Jerry, you know like I I I'm not I don't even like Jerry to be Jerry. Just let that Jerry do his thing because he we know he's not stepping down no. unless he fall down. <laughs> so we, we can we can get that out of our head. And like the like the last caller said, it'll be a Jones running this until until the day we do we push on, and our kids will be pushing on through the same thing. So. In closing, I'ma say this. All I ask for in the offseason is accountability. And that's all the way around. That's from the top to the bottom. So if you say you swing up for the fences, I, I don't want to hear the lip service, Derry. I need to see it. I need to. I need your actions to align what you're talking about.
1: Respectfully. No, I feel you, bro. I feel you. I'm trying to find something, uh I don't I hate to I hate to bring this back up, right? Because... I'm going to show this body thing. But, hey, look, appreciate you, VIP.
3: Well, you know what it is, guy. I ain't a killer, but don't push
1: me. Don't push me. No slumpies, DZMB. My God, VIP salute. Uh, I want to bring this back up, man. Ah, God, I hate to do it. But it, it kind of just goes to show you, man. It's just, there's just, there's not one answer. For for the front seven inconsistencies, or depending on who they play, run pass. Sometimes even pass too. There's not one answer. Uh, but but body broke it down. He showed it. And if you go back and watch it, you see. And you saw this throughout the year. Koye, you know, broke it down a whole bunch. We show some plays where even when a Mozzie or a Hankins or a Mike or D Law would create a lane, would create a lane attack, where the hell are these linebackers?
5: Just let. The Cowboys had a long talk with Mike McCarthy today. If you believe the reports, it could have been as long as three hours. They went through everything. So I was wondering what in the world their fascination is with Marquise Bell playing linebacker. Like, what is it? Because here comes Rasheed Walker. And this is what they do to middle linebackers that are 205 pounds in this league. Like, you just wash them up. play after. Why is he there on a goal line? With that back, with that back, one of the elite backs in the league, what do they think Marquise Bell is going to do? Like, how can they think, like, he's going to get exactly what he is. (laughs) He's going to get bangled right there. He's not going to stop anybody. He's 205 pounds. Like, how in the world could you look at this and go, this is a good goal line defense. I like this. We'll put Hank on the nose and we'll let Marquise Bell. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Of course he's going to score. He's going to score every time he he gets the ball. Like, now you put J. Ron Curse up there. Here's your inside linebackers. Two safeties playing linebacker. What do you think the Packers are going to do? Like, look at this. Like, they're just washing these guys up. Donovan Wilson's got to make the tackle nine yards down the field. It, it's just amazing to me that you could stay in this defense with the team that runs the ball as well as the Packers. With an elite back, what do you think is going to happen to Marquise right here? It's not his fault. Like, that's not his position. Of course he's going to end up on his belt. You watch these play Now their their answer is, okay, we'll go blitz Micah in the A-gap here. But we'll cover it right here. Like, this isn't – like, I don't know where he's going. He's not a middle <laughs> linebacker. Like, ju- you're just going to jump out of the hole, watch the curse. Like, Yo, all ball. these guys are getting blocked and thumped. And there goes Aaron, Rodger, uh, Aaron Jones. Like, I just don't know how you could look at that and look at these – Pictures and videos and everything you have and go, this is a good defense to get a team that can run the ball as well as they do with the back that has run for more yards in the last month than any back in the National Football League.
1: Baldy said, I think he's in the wrong gap. <laughs> Yo, Baldy's commentary is legendary, man. All right, let's get a couple more. Uh, 903, what's up? Oh, hey. There you go. Who's this, I'm sorry? Hey man, it's E. It's e? Yeah. What's good, E? Oh man, you know, just okay. staying
2: home with the kid today. Got the flu, you know, watching a lot of Bluey.
1: Bluey? Is that like the new kid show? Yeah, I got, yeah, yeah, I got the kid playing it right now. Yeah, see I'm not hip on I gotta get hip, cause I'm about to have a new one. And my mother ones, they older, so they don't watch like the little, little kid, little infant, little toddler stuff no more. So I gotta get hip again, man
2: right but uh no i started listening and i got to thinking um a few things are popping in my head about uh i can't remember it's been a good while since the cowboys actually said that they quote unquote went all in but i think the last time they did didn't they just really shit the bed on that
1: you tell me i don't recall the last time these guys went all in
2: well it seems like I, i don't know if it was in the late years or in one of the first few years of uh of uh, the Clapper. Oh, but damn, it seems like they just signed a bunch of.
1: They damn sure ain't go all in under of, Jason Garrett. I, th- I thought you was going to go predated well, Jason Garrett there. And never did that.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I want to say it was like they went and signed a bunch of free agents. And the next thing you know, they struggled to get like four or five wins. So it it's not so much if they go get free agents. They always go get the, bat, the wrong free agent sometimes when they get things like that.
1: Yeah, so I think when we say all in, we're mean, not, we're not, they've when we say all in, yeah. we're not saying go out and sign uh, Cedric Thornton and Al Alfred Morris and 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 and, and Jeremy Mincy. I, I, just sign it for they sign free agents every year. They sign bargain yeah. bin guys. Yeah, that's not right all. There. That's not all in. You know, all in is is growing some. You know, and saying you know what, we don't need this second or third round pick because we've been. We suck at them, but we don't need this to, for a rookie that we want to develop, and hopefully by year three or four, he's amazing. No, let's go get a proven veteran and bring him in here to help. Or, or hey, I know we don't spend more than 3 to 4 or $5 million guaranteed on a certain player, but let's go out and spend a couple extra bucks to go get this top-of-the-line player to help here or there. Like That's what I mean by all-in. All-in to me, signing a bunch of bottom-barrel-free agents and staying put in your draft picks and just doing... That's not all-in to me.
2: No, that's definitely not all-in. Yeah. I mean... Cause you you'll see people that make the moves or teams that make the moves and you know they'll they'll say the hell with those picks or
1: whatever and get what they need in bro the the, the perfect the perfect team if you want to talk about like all in there's, there's different there's different levels but that top tier level is the Rams you want to go all in that's what that's what it looked like for real for real but we not we not we not that ballsy we don't, we ain't got it like that man Damn. I don't think they're gonna go yeah, that no. route.
2: No, because that won't keep selling popcorn after you know. As, as, as if it falls
1: flat, right? yeah is what they
2: want to do. Yeah, but yeah. um, but my my other question I've had is um, what what's stopping, you know, for that we've had multiple, or well, the Cowboys have had multiple lame duck coaches. Well, not multiple, but they had. Well, Wade wouldn't do it because he just got set up by by Garrett. But you know, and Garrett, even Garrett in his last year or. Uh, McCarthy, maybe this year could do it. What's to stop them from just finally starting to expose what goes on behind the scenes with this team, you know to the media and just start putting a big spotlight on how they fuck everything up behind the scenes? I mean, if you're out, you're out. why not
1: well for for and a, if you win in
2: spite of it mm-hmm.
1: for for a guy like and if you Mike, win in
2: spite of it team will,
1: for yeah. a guy like Mike, he's probably gonna look at them and be grateful a lot of these guys really. You know, why would Garrett do that? Garrett's won Super Bowls with this team as a player. He's he's their stepson. He's never going to talk shit about the Joneses. They gave him, what, 10 years? Are you kidding me? whatever it was? Yeah. What? He got no I room to talk. To that. He can't say anything. Because he was on this, the team for, for damn near a decade when he shouldn't have been. They just gave him chance after chance after chance. So he's not going to say nothing. Yeah. Maybe an assistant, but assistant's not really trying to F up his, you know, potential to be with another organization. You go out here and you become a rat. Why would somebody want to bring you into their organization? You know?
2: Right. I mean, I understand all that, but at the same time, let's say, you, let's say you start calling out or say, Hey, I'm not going to do it their way. I'm going to do it this way. And you start winning, even if they fire you oh, then you'll definitely get another organization. Oh, that's,
1: that's different. I thought you were asking how come none of these fire coaches have went to like the media and said, this is how it's run. I mean, mm-hmm. j- technically yeah. Jimmy kind of did that, right? His books and whatnot. He talked about some of the things, but, uh, but you're talking about, this is what I've been saying. I've been saying the same thing. If I was a coach, uh, and, and a good one at least, I would I would do the song and dance in the interview. Yeah, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm, blah, 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 blah. And as soon as I got hired, I don't give a f F what you're talking about. I'm doing this my way. Uh, I, I, hey, hey, Will, unless Will's scared, I, I don't give a damn what Steven and Jerry talking about. Go get me this play. This is what I want to do. Hey, I need to make this trade, right? But to see, the thing is, McCarthy ain't doing McCarthy don't. he don't care about the personnel side of things. He going to coach who he going to coach. Right. Uh, who was right. the guy before Jason Garrett? Give me a break. <laughs> Jason Garrett ain't ain't doing none of that. So they're strategic. They're hiring these dudes who they know won't question them, who they know won't give this confrontation, because the last time they did that, Bill Parcells said, I'm doing it my way. Jay said, I ain't got a choice. You got the rings. You know what you're doing. And then eventually he said, I'm tired of sitting on the sidelines. Go get me to And Bill said, what? I told you I'm doing this my way, and since we're not doing it my way no more, see ya. And he was gone, and ever since, Wade Phillips, Jason Garrett, Mike McCarthy, all dudes who are not going to push back on this organization. So they're very strategic in the guys they bring in because they know they're not going to give them no shit.
2: Right. I mean, and it's true. It's just Jerry's got to hire people that need him more than, you know, anything else. He's got to have that. It's to fill his ego. You're exactly right.
1: Which, which, which is why it, they got to step back. And, and, and I know, I know, we're just talking in circles here. But and get a Brad Holmes. Yeah. You know, get get. get a, I don't care who it is at this point. I much rather, I'd much rather go through phases of a potential GM doing this thing and failing than the current GM that has failed for thirty years and every fan that doesn't have you know the ability to critical think keeps on saying it's one particular player or coach's fault. That's yeah y'all are being yeah. duped because Jerry Jones said yeah. years I mean, ago they asked him a question hey if you if you were a general manager would you still be employed? He said no.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah still, it's like, name another general makes. manager
2: that's gonna no name another general manager that's gonna have a team that's you know on the cusp and always fall short and still keep his job. I mean, eventually they would turn to the front office regardless.
1: Yeah. Or they would tell him, hey, this is your, yeah. it's flat out, this is your last chance. If you don't get this thing done, we're moving on yeah. from you. It, who's yeah. Nobody's telling him that. Nobody's telling Steven that. And Will got the most cushiest job in front office history. So, it is what it is, bro. Yeah.
2: yeah. And in closing, I was going to say, then here's the next thing is, regardless of who is the coach, Why is there never an adjustment whenever they're behind ever? You, I mean, they're just, it's always that same. We're going to keep going the same way and we've not adjusted. And then they're still getting exposed, just constantly getting exposed. And then they don't even fix it up weeks at a time. I mean, that's a coaching thing. So is it, they just constantly hire bad coaches.
1: I mean, you could, you, you could argue that. I mean, Jason Garrett was a bad coach, uh, McCarthy wasn't. I don't think McCarthy's a is, a is a bad coach. But then once you get to the postseason, he kind of turns into one. I mean, you go look at his last six playoff losses. What are we doing here? But mm-hmm. I know I'm, I'm not saying Dan's a bad coach. My, these guys aren't aren't terrible coaches. But but I can see if somebody wanted to say that based off of the results. Um, and yeah, I, I don't the game plans from those two coaches going into that game. Inexcusable, fireable offenses. So, yeah, I would have definitely moved on from them, too. And given the way things are going to be at the top, would have anything changed? They probably just brought in Mike Zimmer to be head coach or something like that. I know I'm talking about Mike Zimmer. But maybe nothing changes. But, yeah, at some point, and this is this is where it gets unfair, but it is what it is. Y'all know I've been saying this for years. At some point, the coaches and the players are going to have to overcome them. It's just That's just the way it's going to have to be. It is. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you have to win in spite of. Mm-hmm. All right, man.
1: Well, y'all have a good one. Thanks, brother. I mean, other other organizations even San Fran. The York family said, nah, we're gonna do it my way, and it was like, oops. That don't work. My bad. Let me I that's on me. That's on me, city of San Francisco. I'm gonna go get me some real people up here. Let them do their thing. The Bengals. Mike Brown. You know what? It's becoming a bit too much for me. Clearly, we ain't shit. Let me go ahead and fall back. Next thing you know, boom, look what the look at the banks. Uh Detroit. Detroit finally came to their senses. Yeah. Imagine Jerry Jones giving himself an evaluation interview. <laughs> yeah man. And there'll be people say, oh, well, we always put together good teams. But then y'all get y'all say, this is what i y- y- Y'all say, well, it's this player or is this coach? And I'll say, Well, who's hiring this coach? Who's signing said player or players? Y'all, y'all forget that part. Get to these Super Chats, man. Uh, Sin City. Appreciate
0: you. Super
1: Chat. He dropped one earlier and said, when does the question, how far can the GM take this team come into play? Uh, come into play and not using players as a way of the sh- the bullshit they serve in the fans. Yeah, we just talked about that in the city. The que- that's always been the question. Definitely, you know me here. You know, we talk about that a lot. But what I try to do during the regular season is, hey, this is what we rolling with. Let's let's get through this thing. Off season, no holds bar. I let y'all go because that's the, that's the time where you build that right. That's where the foundation to get to where these teams are playing on Sunday. Begins, regardless of what Stephen Jones wants to say. Super Bowls are not won in in um what do you say? Super Bowl's not won in offseason. Well, no shit, you can't play an offseason, but you can damn sure start to build towards that. It is what it is, man. Sooner or later you're gonna you're gonna realize it ain't got shit to do with talent. Sooner or later people will realize. Talent does not win Super Bowls all the time. Talent does not sustain success. It's not just talent. If that's the case. Cowboys would have had a bunch of them. have always been talented. Goes way beyond that. But appreciate y'all for coming through as we review this 2023 uh, Edge rusher Series. Breaking these guys down. It could look different though, y'all. This could this could be a position that could be overhauled next year, uh, depending on what this new defensive coordinator will decide to do. Junior Fayoco, he may not be a part of nobody's plans as a defensive end. Sam, I'm pretty sure talent, will, talent might get him another shot with a new DC. Plus, he's a second-round pick, and, and guess what? Steven and Jerry, they gonna get these dudes a shot. You know, it, it took it took all the way to the end of year three for boss man fat to move on. But if Sam don't get his shit together, they might. Dante Fowler, Dorans Armstrong, both free agents. You know, D-Law will be here. And what does the new DC do with Micah? Like, this is a very, very tricky pos- position uh, unit that, that could look different. It could look way different in 2023. Uh, back on, I think... Oh, let me go check something real quick. Let me go check something. One, two, one, two. Yeah, I believe back on... Um, Later with Vox. So make sure y'all come through for that. Got a good one for y'all as always. And if you missed it, I forget which call. It was James who called in. If you missed the show yesterday, do yourself a favor and run that back. It, it's so I, I love that show, man. It's one of my favorite to do. And we got something cooking. We got something cooking that's beyond that. But um, classic yesterday. You never know when you get classics. They just happen. And that's when they do. Those are the most fun ones. When they just happen. So make sure y'all lock back in on the Vox and Marty live show. Uh, Mo. We'll be back on for A to Z Sports primetime. Make sure y'all check him out and all of his fantastic articles. He uh, took parts of the show yesterday, dropped an article. Make sure y'all check that out. He's doing some good numbers over there, too. A to Z Sports, Dallas.com and come on through with support mode later on. And then we'll be back here right tomorrow. Breaking down. We're actually going to be finishing up uh, the rest of the defensive positions. So we got... Safety, cornerback, defensive tackle, left, and uh, that's what we'll be focusing on tomorrow morning. With that said, push the button. What's the button. Big A man. Hey, all, all I'm saying, if you if you watched the show yesterday, I, we are not crazy to to think that Big A, you know, little mayonnaise We about to get canceled, man. All right, we outta here. Love y'all. Peace.